with sound. All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Watch With Sound. My name is Josh Landicho, and with me is... Carmela Ocampo. And on today's episode, we'll be doing the brand new DC film, The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, starring Margot Robbie, Idris Elba, John Cena, Joel Kinnaman, Sylvester Stallone, Viola Davis, Jay Courtney, and Peter Capaldi. And yes, you are hearing that right. It is the Suicide Squad again, but not the first one. This is sort of like a remake retcon kind of a thing. Um, but before we get into the actual episode, Carmela, what were your expectations, context, preconceived notions of the new Suicide Squad film? Um, I had pretty okay expectations. I think knowing James Gunn was directing it from the trailer, it looked very fun. Um, and you know, they were all like characters that none of us knew about, but I think because we trust James Gunn to, you know, make us like them and actually have a good story, I was like completely fine with unknown characters. Um, and then like just in a bigger context, this being like a weird like retcon rewrite of like the first suicide squad um i think i had high hopes for it being done well like it making sense within the universe or whatever um because i think as a society we want to forget that first suicide squad um so yeah i had pretty pretty okay like hopes for it it wasn't like not like extremely good but not like horribly bad either but leaning more on the positive end um but yeah what about you since i guess you coming from a place where you actually watched the first one how did you feel about the second one and what were your like expectations so immediately like i remember hearing the first news of it of them like rewriting it and retconning it and redoing the whole thing i was like yes good job first step in the right direction um just to give a little hindsight with the first one it was terrible i did not (laughs) like it in particular there are some aspects of the film that like i feel like um could have done a lot better obviously and not to mention the premise and the idea of Suicide Squad was so fantastic. And and I was somewhat excited for it because seeing the trailer for that first one, I was like, oh, yeah, it looks really good. Like, I like this idea. Um, and I hope they do really good. And it, they didn't do really good. It was very, very bad. Um, and then seeing the trailer for the new one, The, Su- the Suicide Squad, um, he's hearing that James Gunn directing, directed it, um, seeing the shark character in the, in the trailer, um, I already knew it was going to be a lot more fun, uh, a lot less serious. It knew what kind of movie it was going to be, and I was excited for it, and especially because I, I James Gunn, um, I love the Gardens of the Galaxy films and stuff like that. So I already knew, like, okay, this is in the right hands. This is in the good director's hands, uh, DC, WB, whatever, put it in the right hands. And I know, like, during that time as well, there is this whole discrepancy with James Gunn, like him being fired from Marvel, uh, then him taking this role, then him getting, like, kind of rehired, kind of. Um, I know there's a bunch of controversy with James Gunn's like humor kind of and and that sense of him um, that's sort of why he got fired but then rehired it was really it was a weird time and I don't I Mm. personally still don't know what happened with that controversy or situation Um, but now he's kind of back on the Marvel boat I think 
and then that's sort of like that well, that quick firing gave him that leeway to start to direct this film which <laughs> is kind of weird immediately it was just like <laughs> yeah exactly exactly like yep i'm going to dc really quick <laughs> like yeah we're gonna do it um but just seeing that that it's good in james gunn's hand who i like a lot in uh, gardens of the galaxy was really fun and then seeing the trailer I, like i knew this was gonna be fun like seeing the shark character seeing little quips and jokes in the trailer as yeah it's gonna be really good and really enough like in the comments of that trailer everyone was already ripping on it like oh it's gonna be worse than the first one this looks like a dumb film this and that and i was like how could you guys possibly think that with like one james gunn and two a shark character it looks so fun how can you guys i don't know it sounds fun um but yeah so that was sort of my um my opinion before watching the film is that like it's probably gonna be good and then the people who are hating on it are just trying to hate on it because of the last one but i was like i had high hopes for it and i had high expectations for it um and it was kind of met to be honest um but before we get into all of that and before we get into the plot summary just to let you guys all know if you haven't seen the suicide squad it's a brand new film it's in theaters i think it's streaming on hbo max um, but if you haven't seen it, we're about to get into spoiler territory. So if you don't want this film to be spoiled for you for whatever reason, stop this episode now. Go watch the film. Come back. If you want to spoil it for yourself for whatever reason, go ahead. I am not your mother, father, parental guardian. Um, so with that, Carmela, do you want to give a plot summary of the movie The Suicide Squad? A group of villains are recruited to infiltrate and destroy a top secret lab in the island nation of Corto Maltese. Whoa, Corto Malti. So I know. <laughs> it's like the shortest summer. I was like, how do I not give away so much, right. but also describe it? <laughs> not as shocking as our usual plot summary. So my woe was pretty unwarranted, but it's fine. Um, so just to start off, my opinion of, you know, DC films and stuff like that are very low. <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? Like there are a lot of DC films out there. None of them are even like remotely close to this film remotely close to being like a decent film kind of if i'm being honest um and i'm gonna start off with saying like this movie is in the top three of my dc films favorites um wow. and it's and we'll get into why it's like that um i think you kind of agree too right this is kind of in your top three as well yeah um yeah it wouldn't take me too like that long to figure out my top three because that's how lowly i think of like dc or that's how low my expectations are for dc movies um so yeah, I am with you on that. And we'll probably get into our ranking list. Um, I'm pretty sure all the bad films will be on the same level <laughs> and we'll just pick the shining stars, but we'll do that later. Um, but yeah, so since I I know Carmela hasn't watched the first one and I watched the first one, um, the first one like fell flat on his face and it was um, <laughs> pretty disappointing in my opinion. I think I was actually excited for that because like, it looked really fun. It had this idea of being Guardians of the Galaxy, but DC version. Um, and it did not live up to what I thought it was going to be. I was very disappointed. Everyone was very disappointed. I never heard a good thing about that movie. Um, and then versus this one, like this, this movie compared to that one, this is like a fucking shining star. This is like, this is like a golden peace mantle compared to that movie. And, um, not only to that movie, but to most DC films, like I honestly had so much fun with this film. Um, right when I got out, I was like, "This is really good." I was like telling everyone, I was like telling Sophia, I was telling you, I was telling, telling Carol, I was like, "Man, that fun!" Crowd. Yeah, I was like, "This movie's so good. It was so fun." Um, and even like during the weekend, I was like kind of thinking if I want to watch it again. Just that's how wow. much fun I was having with it. I know, right? Pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, I guess um, since you haven't watched the first one, what are your general opinions, impressions of this one, and how did you feel about this movie? Um. 
So I, even though I haven't seen the first one, I know a lot about it. Um, just because the whole movie was like interesting to sort of dissect why like so much went wrong with it. Um, but yeah, like my impression of this one, it was super fun. I had like a great time at the theater. Um, yeah, it was probably one of the most fun movies I've seen this year. I think I'm going to say that. Yeah, that, that's probably true. Um, but yeah, like, and then like knowing in context where this movie was like coming from, like a horrible place where everyone hated the first one, it was crazy to see the difference between like, you know, the quality of the movie um, and the reception, obviously. Um, and I think that's definitely in part by like what I had read up on the first movie versus this movie, which was the studio Warner brothers had a lot of like control and say like for the story and like very specific scenes for the first movie. Um, and then when it came to this one for James Gunn, they basically gave him like full creative control. They were like totally hands off with it and they like fully trusted him. Um, and it like, 1000% paid off. So if anything, this is like obviously a lesson to, you know, trust your director's vision if they're good, I guess. But like, yeah, like you can like see an insane difference. And I just think that's really interesting. That's interesting. I wonder if like, I don't know. I wonder if it's because he's James Gunn that they kind of let him be or if Probably. James Gunn signed a contract that would let him have more creative freedom. Um, because yeah, obviously I think I remember WB having more say in the first Suicide Squad as well, just cause I remember hearing some plot points that were like totally different from the story and totally sound a lot better. Um, but obviously got cut because of WB and then honest, like obviously there's a lot of problems with that sort of thing of studios having their hand way up the, the director's ass and stuff like that. Like for instance, DC having the hand in, um, in the Justice League, having this big uproar of Zack Snyder having his own Snyder cut release, um, and things like that. And and in my opinion, the, the Snyder cut of Justice League is a lot better than the first one. Um, and it's just interesting to hear and see that you know, like he, seeing the it, like we have a, a actual hard comparison now with Zack Snyder's yeah. cut and with the original and like how much of the CU had their hand in it and all that and, and stuff like that. And this isn't this isn't like the first time we've seen this, you know, ever since like Blade Runner and, and countless other movies that have almost flopped because of studio um interference. Studio obstacles interference, yes, thank you. Um and it just almost ruins the the movie ninety percent of the time, I think. Um I think uh it's just weird to think about like how these studios most likely have some sort of investor input or or second second look over it, especially because like they have to satisfy certain things and and sell for certain people and certain things. So obviously, yeah, like you like you said, give more directors these freedom, give these directors what they want, and hopefully they'll do good. And and from what I've seen, especially when it comes to James Gunn, they're doing great. Um, but yeah, do you want to explain why this movie was so fun and, and so much better than the previous DC <laughs> movies in your opinion as to how I was able to do that? Yeah. So this movie was like, as we were saying, incredibly fun. Um, and it was like a movie full of villains, you know, technically, 
Um, and I never thought I would say a DC movie is quote unquote fun just because, yeah, we're when we think about DC, we associate it with, you know, Zack Snyder's like very grim, gritty, like dark tone. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm glad that there has been in recent years too like a variety of like tones in the DC universe, like with, you know, Venom. It's kind of weird, you know, it's kind of wacky. Um but yeah, this one was definitely like just fun, pure like entertainment and like it knows what it is unapologetically. Um, and I think there was a like, pretty good balance of humor and emotional moments. Um, and that's definitely like something you see from a Marvel movie. But I'm going to say like in this movie, I think I enjoyed the balance more so than a Marvel movie just because like. I think in Marvel movies, the emotional moments don't get drawn out too far. They're very, cut very short. But I think in this movie, they really like delved into like each character's or like a lot of the characters' backstories, and it really made you feel for them. Um, and then with the characters, like they're very iconic. They're very fun. Like I loved all of them. They each had very distinct personalities and like I love seeing them interact with each other. Um everyone had really good chemistry in my opinion. Um so yeah, I have like nothing but positive things to say about this movie really. Um but yeah, what about you? What did you like deep dive think about this movie? Um I thought it was really fun. Like you said really fun, really <laughs> great. Um and like when you said like oh when you think of DC movies you don't think of fun and that's 100% correct like right when I thought of that I thought of like Batman versus Superman Batman the Batman movie the Superman movie the Justice League movies they're all like gray toned like they use the same color palette of like this very dark very cold feeling movie yeah. it's never like one to let loose when it comes to those films um, but then when you think of this one there's so much color there's so much fun with it even like the villain the main villain is super colorful um, <laughs> like a, he looks like a toy. giant giant <laughs> yeah he looked he look like a toy but like i think we'll talk about it later like, like terrifying. the whole villain of star Wars was really really cool um and i i totally forgot about this film now that we're talking about it i totally forgot about um shazam oh right, right which is a yeah. dc film and that was more on the fun side as well um but yeah, with this one, like it was very, very much. It knew what it was. It knew at certain points when to be funny, when to keep it in. Um, it really, really had this fantastic balance of humor and emotional moments. Not to mention, like a lot of the emotional moments really hit home and really, really supplemented the character development in this film. Um, and and even talking about character development, it's very, very minimal in this sense. Like you kind of don't exactly know who they are but they you know their motives you know what they're trying to do you know um their past fears and stuff like that and you kind of get the feeling of what they were um but it, it was really really great and i loved it i loved every second of it and i think i think the the rated r thing too i think kind of helped it a lot of it no. just letting it be unrelentingly like what it is not to mention like james gunn knows how to <laughs> use that rating to his advantage like being someone coming from Gardens of the Galaxy, I'm sure he wanted to unleash more of like <laughs> more of the raunchy funness that he probably has in his head. Um, but yeah, it, it created a lot of iconic people in this film. A lot of people that like will most likely be favorites for a lot of moviegoers and people a fan of uh, fans of superhero films and stuff like that had very fun villains and and for the most part, it really really bounced like held that balance and like let it run throughout. And I love that so much. And I think um, one scene that like 
was kind of interesting to me and kind of set the pace and tone of the film was uh, the the beginning scene of like having that multiple dead or not sorry multiple suicide squads come in and see who survives essentially or become a distraction or whatever in that sense like i really love that scene it also reminded me of deadpool a lot because like it had the scenes of like these people just straight up dying um (laughs) kind of like when they dropped in as a little group but seeing that scene was a was a fantastic way to set the tone because you have all these people like i personally forgot who was actually in the suicide squad in this film like who were the actual main characters and it was fun to see each of these people like try and prove themselves but altogether die and also ha- have that fun comedic relief of like these different characters that have these like very very stupid stupid like powers <laughs> and having that comedic moment and them having a almost comedic death also like very very gory as well it was very like take it took me back a little bit seeing like the deaths because i'm like jesus christ like that's <laughs> yeah. a little too much but it also like really paints home the picture of like these people aren't coming back these people are dead and they even included the death of boomerang who was in the very first suicide squad which i didn't know until we found this out um but yeah how did you feel about that scene and did you want any of those characters within those scenes to actually survive um yeah i really <laughs> i had a feeling that no one would survive just because um i don't know i could feel the setup coming um but it was nonetheless like very enjoyable um and yeah definitely set the tone for the movie that like this is a very violent movie and people are expendable basically um which is like basically the whole like idea behind a suicide the suicide squad like they're completely expendable they're just using these people um yeah, and it really created like that no one's safe kind of mentality. Yeah. Like I didn't know who was gonna survive. I don't know who was the main character. I didn't know within the main Suicide Squad who was gonna survive. So it was mm-hmm. fun not guessing, except for Mar, except for Harley Quinn. I knew Harley Quinn was gonna survive. Obviously. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that's it was okay. fun. Yeah, that's fine. I'm totally fine with that. Um, and it was fun trying to figure out like who's gonna survive, who's gonna be in the next movie, <laughs> and then like stuff like that. So it was cool to see that. Out of maybe out of like all the characters i probably wanted um what's his name the guy with the long hair michael rooker is his actor's name but uh i think the character name was savant he was the one who like started screaming and running away and then he got like he wanted him to leave live do you know what he actually does in the comics or like i thought he just wanted to live he just had like really good aim i thought so like you know when he bounced the ball and he killed the bird at in the jail um I don't know. He was, like, of course, like, set up to be, like, one of a main character because it followed it. He's, like, the first shot in the movie and then it followed his journey. Um, And then in the end, he's, like, this, like, wimp and he just, like, ran away. Well, not wimp, but I would run, too, if I saw people dying. But but got his head blown off. Um, Definitely want to see more of him. I like him as an actor, too. He was also, like... I think a favorite of James Gunn. He was in Guardians. He played Yondo. Yondu? Yondo. Um, Yond something. Yond Yond something. (laughs) And it's funny that you mentioned the beginning being uh, reminding you of Deadpool because they had an actual Deadpool in the office when they were betting on who would live and die among the office workers. (laughs) Oh, Deadpool. That's funny. Whoa, good one. Good point. Oh, that's crazy. But yeah, I also really like that perspective of the office workers. I like that inclusion of the other side 
of like you know because there's like obviously another side of people controlling the these like super villains um so i thought that was a nice touch to that but yeah how did you feel about that perspective um i loved it i loved that it was almost an integral part to the movie um they all together overthrew viola davis and then (laughs) started helping out the suicide squad And, and not to mention like they did a really good it's a really good job in which like they're creating a universe with them as well like i know um i know that peacemaker is supposed to have some sort of a show or movie at the or in the dc universe or whatever and they use the those two memorable office workers to come and get him and like that's a good way of, of creating this little universe to expand or to um make side projects in that sense um and it was just funny to hear them talk and conversate because it's just like office workers like talking about certain things and and also becoming like uh, a moral part of the film because obviously viola davis is so was so unhinged and and so evil at some point that like the office workers kind of knew what to do and kind of knew like we can't let this happen because like we have morals we have our own we have our own thoughts of like what's good and what's bad and we need to up append that and make sure that's fine and make sure that that it's not going to look bad on america in the long run especially when it comes to these like to like little history events you know that like we didn't know america's involvement was until hella later like there are different um civil wars world wars and certain things were in which like america didn't step in and we find that out now and get mad about it because obviously it's something that wasn't moral or something that we should have had more help in a lot more help in and if not a lot more help then we shouldn't have helped at all there's certain aspects in which like we're supplementing the wrong side and that's sort of what it reminded me in that scene and, and how they sort of overthrew viola davis in that sense and also just like the ending of that was very much like um america's hand in or out of certain situations that shouldn't have us in it in the first place kind of a thing um but yeah i really did love that um really did love the office workers um i'm really glad in the deadpool scene i'm really glad that the weasel guy died i kind of didn't like the weasel guy um (laughs) definitely my least favorite (laughs) why didn't you like him he was so like ah he's just a little annoying and i did not like it i did not like the inherent stupidness of him i think mm. like if he was a little more smarter a little more put together he was so goofy like i, I was like oh my god like too please goofy. <laughs> too goofy too weird like i don't know turn it down um i wish he he did turn into a werewolf that'd been funny because at the end scene where he gets up i thought he was gonna like turn into something and like everyone's like oh yeah. yeah he does turn into something um but i am glad that he died um i am bummed that boomerang pat uh died as well because it seemed like he was gonna survive um and harley obviously had some sort of connection with them and had a connection to the last suicide squad which probably he was put in there to as to symbolize that this that suicide squad is dead so interesting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah that scene was so crazy and so chaotic that like it was a great setting point for the rest of the film um and i guess with that too like something that was very interesting in this film very unique were the stylistic choices, like the the creative way of introducing certain locations, creative ways of introducing certain people, and altogether, the introduction of the film, I think, like, was spelled out in blood with um, the person you want to survive this blood, and, like, that's how it was introduced. Like, how did you feel about the stylistic choices in the film, and do you think um, 
this is something that you want to see more or something you want to take away or did you think it was too much? What do you think? I really like the stylistic choices. Um, yeah, especially with like, you know, the title cards of each like chapter written in like whatever environment. Um, and that's like, I think in part by like this movie knows exactly what it is. And it's not like these title cards are like in happening inside the movie and characters are like aware. It's not like a meta thing or anything, but um yeah, I really liked the very interest, like creative, like camera work too. I think that part in the beginning when they were like, uh, what's it called? It was like the credits, I think, the intro credits of like showing all like the characters and actors' name. Um, the camera was like this sped up, like what's it called? GoPro shot POV of like looking at everyone's like dead body. Um, I thought that was really fun. Um, yeah, I also really liked what they did with, like, I don't know if this is a stylistic choice for James Gunn, but I really enjoyed the action sequences. They were, like, pretty humorous. They were, like, ins like insanely gory, too, for, like, no reason. Um, like, that scene with uh, Peacemaker and Idris Elba just, like killing these innocent people <laughs> at the camp um they didn't know they were innocent oh, yet yeah. Oh, yeah. but they just like <laughs> they were like not even doing anything they were doing like normal civilian things one guy was like sleeping and he just like stabbed him like 25 times <laughs> that part was so funny it was <laughs> i think that very much is james gunn of like having this scene that like is supposed to be important yeah but is the opposite of it and also just like the the big dick contest between it just alba and peace yeah. just like it's just funny to see that and like them talk about it like oh i hit a bull i hit a target within your target smaller bullets <laughs> it's just like damn it that is cool <laughs> He's like, it's cool if it's fucking dope. <laughs> he's like, yeah, damn it, he's right. He's like whispering to himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I very much enjoyed the humorous like sequences like that. Um, but yeah, like, how did you feel about those style? Or and were there other stylistic choices that I might have missed? Um. So for me, uh, I was like thinking about this throughout the movie, and then afterwards. I like had a love hate relationship with the stylistic choices. Um, I'd like I appreciate like the playfulness of the title cards of it being like the debris of it being like something that was created by nature and stuff like that and having that type that type of typography aspect of it. Um, and I love that it's not fucking like Helvetica or Futura that like introduces the time or whatever. Gigantic, like <laughs> yeah, gigantic white white letters yeah. of the same font used over and over. I appreciate that it wasn't that the whole time. But at the same time, I think there's a lot of those stylistic choices like were kind of happening a, like too much in my for my taste. Like I feel like um it should have toned down a little bit. I don't know. I, I it's weird. I don't know why like I have a problem with it. But like it, there are times where I'm just like, "Well, you guys could have done it differently." Like you guys could have done it a different way. I, I don't know it's like the designer in me or whatever of like having these like reoccurring themes of typography, but it's just like, I don't know, maybe you guys should have done something different. But I did love it at the same time like 
like the blood introduction was cool the playfulness of like the gore and introductions and those natures but like when it came to typography within like the building of debris i was like uh maybe we should have uh toned it down a little bit um <laughs> maybe we should have <laughs> that one that's funny but yeah the stylistic choices of james gunn himself like having that scene of like them killing everyone and they're just like they're just allies and you just kill a bunch of allies allies i feel like it's something that is very james gunny i don't know why i think that but very very funny and i like that like it became something of of like a joke of them having this like big dick contest and trying to figure out who's cooler um and i think another stylistic choice that i could definitely see that is pertaining to james gunn or the com comedy aspect of james gunn is like polka dot seeing everyone as his mother and the mm. fact that like every time he fights or every time he sees something was his mother that's definitely something that like no yeah. other director would do but i feel like james gunn would it's like making fun of those making fun of that like uh, mother issue scenario and making it like blowing it up to giant general proportions of her being eventually like starro and then like <laughs> him trying to attack him it's i think that's something that like james gunn or the the comedic mind that he has would be those choices of it um but yeah just hilarious and yeah honestly it's a lot more fun and i think there another reason why i just thought of why i didn't like the stylistic choices sometimes or because like it seems so blatantly trying to be different you know like it was trying to be something that was totally different from helvetica or Fritz and i feel like that's why i had a problem with it it's because like it was really trying to like show us like hey i'm different i'm a different superhero movie i'm doing things different i think that's why i didn't like it um but yeah and i guess with that um seeing that we both love the film we've seen the snyder cut come out this year as well and we see most likely the, the two some of the best dc movies movies come out this year it being this movie and snyder cut how do you feel about that and how do you feel i guess about um dc in that sense of like it starting to redeem itself itself um yeah, I think it speaks volumes, like, you know, seeing how, like, the two, like, best DC movies are essentially, like, do-overs um, and have little to no studio involvement. So I think that's something to, something to pay attention to, right? right. It's Don't crazy that it's Brothers. do-overs. It's, like, retconned, <laughs> like, on, like, like, a whole do-over. It's so interesting right? to think about that. Like, Snyder Cut was essentially a do-over this will be essentially a do-over like i don't know it's so interesting like they can't get it right the first time when can they like learn from their lesson to do it right <laughs> i know i mean like i feel like dc was playing catch-up from the start you know to marvel who like you know obviously had this like plan um and i think dc you know tried the thing where they like you know are trying to like basically follow suit with like establishing a universe um and then only later on did they really find their footing where they were like you know what we're not really good at setting up a universe so we're just gonna go with one-off movies and maybe some of them will connect maybe some of them won't um but yeah very interesting to see how all of this like basically unfolded throughout like the years basically um with i think man of steel like the first dc official movie that came out and like 2012 maybe what 
<laughs> oh, I'm just I'm just saying how bad that movie was to you when you were talking about like, it. I was like, well, I was like <laughs> did what I said to disgust you? <laughs> I think the thing is though, when DC started happening, it had a lot of pressure on it. Like, yeah, yeah. there's obviously those that two sides of like Marvel versus DC, and then DC had so much pressure with Marvel coming out so strong and coming out so like right at the at the start. I think DC had so much pressure and so much like almost like fumbling of them like reminds me of like that scene in spongebob where they're like the the cabinets are on fire and they're in their brain like what's his name what's his name <laughs> i feel like that was a dc office like what do we do what do we do uh man of steel superman who was our famous like superhero like it was like them trying to fumble and trying to find something that worked and like they're they're desperately trying to find everything um and they started just blatantly like copying them essentially of like yeah. having the avengers but then also having suicide squad having man of steel and then having iron Man. like they they always tried to put themselves against marvel and obviously failed 99 percent of the time and trying to figure out like what works what didn't i think right now like dc's really really trying to find their footing and really really like almost fitting into some some aspects of it um and it's fun to see where they're going with it and i think one thing that like really really was interesting in this film and something that like almost like was able to shift the tone of the film and also just like to further the inch the to further the interest in this film and and make it more more almost scary like changes to this almost scary tone was the villain um starro and and how he was made and then you have someone who was like kind of uh a fake villain but not really a villain which is the thinker and then we have like the crazy character arc flip of Viola Davis's character. I didn't know in the comics that she's actually crazy, but I guess she's crazy. <laughs> but with those three people almost acting as an antagonist, how did you feel about them? How did you feel about Starro, the Thinker, and Viola Davis's characters? And how did you feel like it furthered the movie in that sense? Um. Yeah, I think one thing I liked about this movie and that I saw a sort of like pattern is that James Gunn was constantly um, subverting our expectations. Um, so, you know, he introduced like these two leaders of the country were meant to think they're like, oh, the human villains of this, not human villains. Yeah, human villains of this movie. Um, and then Harley Quinn like straight up murders one guy, the president, and then um, the general basically oh, yeah. right, doesn't, right. <laughs> yeah, she like, because you're, he's like, like set up the- to, yeah, yeah, there's sorry, like three on. heads of villains and like yeah. she immediately killed one of them. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, oh, okay, that's funny. Um, yeah, because he was like set up to be, to play a bigger role, basically. Because she's like, will you marry me? And she's like, yeah. And then she like straight up murders him. Um, the general didn't really play that big of a role in the end. And then the thinker, you know, he was basically used as like uh I must say like a plot device to like sort of take them to the real villain um which was also fun because you know subverted that expectation um and so the real villain quote unquote villain you know if you sympathize with Starro's situation is Starro the conqueror <laughs> um he's this gigantic alien starfish that the u.s supposedly like found in space like took away from his natural habitat um and then have been experimenting on him basically for 30 years um and so you know when he's finally free he basically is like going on a rampage 
he releases extensions of himself slash mini versions of himself from the underside of his arm which is disgusting it was like so his, gross. his armpit essentially like oh my armpit minions <laughs> yeah. and like the way i i really like the way they designed him i think he looked very cartoonish very like of what you would expect like he would look like straight from a comic book but he was still scary there was still something very like terrifying about him um so yeah what did you think about like you know these expectations for the villains and how like um james gunn sort of you know upended them and what did you think of like starro as a villain i thought it was really funny <laughs> like the first villain, like obviously the first president guy essentially like trying to woo harley quinn um like at first when that sort of scene happened of harley quinn and that guy and harley quinn almost settling down i was like what a dumb like i was kind of mad at it like well, how can james gunn <laughs> do this to harley quinn how could she do how could he do this to this character and then like he sh- she kills him like okay that's funny <laughs> like like i like that how this is it's gonna turn out and then later on like she just explains like oh i was trying to like figure out red flags but killing kids is kind of a red flag <laughs> and then having him killed and then having the whole her stuck in and tied up and being tortured um it was really funny seeing that flip because like at first i thought it was all a dream she's actually like caught up in some place and like she'd wake up um, I thought that was gonna happen, but it didn't, and I was like kind of mad about that. But then I was fine with the solution of him, <laughs> of her just like killing him out of nowhere. Um, but as regards to like subverting our expectations, I think it did a fantastic job. Um, I was essentially like thinking of like how is the thinker gonna beat them or how they're gonna beat the thinker, and then all of a sudden you find out that it's not he's not the real villain. It's this giant starfish, uh, which I was like laughing at. I was like, how could a starfish be like a a villain um i was like oh it's kind of cute but then i saw the giant eye which i hated i was like oh that's gross i don't think <laughs> i like him any- <laughs> i got first like oh how cute of this starfish but then it's like a giant eye and then he becomes bigger becomes kind of gross um has the armpit minions which i hate as well like just like <laughs> all the starfishes coming out of his armpit um and then as like the, the last act started happening um it be- almost became like a horror movie because like it yeah he becomes he like attacks all these pedestrians and they become zombies for him and they talk through like he talks through them by the pedestrians and i was like oh this guy's not cute whatsoever now it's kind of gross like you even see the process of like how they took over their faces how that happened is yeah little tentacle gross thingies um and then you sort of get like okay this is a very serious villain this is very scary how they're gonna solve this (laughs) um not to mention like when they first got into that base the freaking like zombies in the cages were talking Dude. to them too and i was like yo that's uh creepy as hell um and it became this almost like a tonal shift of being a, a horror film and i was like damn this is sick like i love be i love how scared i am right now <laughs> I love, like how frightening this is um and yeah and i also was not seeing like the viola davis flip of her being so crazy um i guess that was to you i, I didn't know she was in the comics like that um but yeah i guess with that and talking about viola davis and what happens to her and what happened to starro how did you feel about the conclusion of everything how did you feel about how they killed starro how do you feel about um the pacemaker still being alive and also how do you feel about flack dying like all that last act like a lot of stuff happened and like yeah. i feel like so many things and so many um future films or spinoffs may be coming from that last part so how did you feel about all of it 
So I think something I'm seeing with a lot of these like superhero movies slash action movies is that they mostly bungle the third act of the movie. Um, for example, Black Widow, I think, is a good e- recent example where the first two acts were like pretty decent, pretty good setup. And then the third act was like absolute trash. <laughs> and then like you, it basically ruined the entire movie. Um, so with that being said, I think the last act of this movie was pretty good. I honestly really liked it. I think the first two acts, of course, were very like more enjoyable. But I think that's because it's like the journey, you know what I mean? Um, and like the setups and like you don't know what to expect type of thing. Um, but like you said, like with like so much happening in the last act, I think it was just done very well. And it wasn't like messy. I could follow like everything that was going on. Um, you know, like I think a great like thing to kick it off was that part or was the fight between um, Rick Flag and Peacemaker. You know, you finally see like uh, everyone's like end motives. You finally see like Peacemaker actually like talk to Viola Davis on the side and had like a separate mission to retrieve this thing, this like these files implicating like you know the u.s's involvement with like starro um and like yeah so it made for a very like good twist quote-unquote a very dramatic like um fight and then unfortunately you know rick flag dies which is very sad i like honestly didn't expect him to die i thought he would like come out of it alive he was a very like pure wholesome very earnest character amongst like these very colorful villains um so his death was like a huge impact um and i think the fight between you know starro and the suicide squad i think it was good it was fine and then i think what really like of course got to us i think collectively as a theater was rat catchers rat catchers 2's flashback with their dad who was taiko ytt um you know, I think that really, like, sent that whole thing, like, home, you know? And then that shot of her just, like, crying, just, like, holding the thing up. And then all of the rats in the city save the day. Um, I don't know. I thought that was a very James Gunn, like, you know, way to save, like, the world type of situation. But also, I, like, loved it, you know? I have no problem with, like, the way that ended. Um so yeah, what did you think ultimately about how everything wrapped up and like just the third act in general? Yeah, the, the third act was actually quite strong. Like it, comparatively to like Black Widow and other movies, like a lot of times the third act is where they kind of dropped the ball. But I feel like this one was a good, good way of tying everything together. Um, I get, I'll start off with the rat, ca- rat catcher just because like um, it, it, this this scene will probably still be argued amongst people of like how this solved was like a bunch of rats attacking the star people be like oh it's a bunch of rats how dumb um that will be argued a lot i i could feel it i could feel it in my blood that like people i could feel that people were gonna be like just arguing that scene and i and when it first happened i was i too was gonna be in that in that camp of like i can't believe the rats were the solution like i was kind of like kind of upset about it but then like i think it was so smart for james gonna do this was to put that um flashback in that scene to supplement the rats i thought that was so fantastic because like when i saw that when i saw her get emotional when i saw her flashback and her dad who's taiko titi who i love <laughs> explain why that they chose rats and why they love rats so much 
was so good because like it became not only like a, uh, a solution to the problem but a very emotional heartstring of uh of an ending like you see like taiko watiti explain to this little rat catcher too of like why he does this it's like and it's like so emotional and it's so good like oh because <laughs> these rats are seen of, of being useless and we want to like show them what they could actually do and i was like oh my god like oh my and it's like the tears coming from her eyes like holding I the know, wand she's just i was like, like yo falling. dude i was fantastic like, acting by the way i know i was tearing up a little bit because i was like wow that's so good and i'm glad that like they added that little scene to supplement that that uh that part more because i know like if it, they didn't have that scene it's just rats that killed them arguments forever might have like ruined the movie in some extent um but the fact that he added that and it was so smart very greatly put in very like greatly orchestrated of like the, the sad music going on her crying and then you yeah. have the <laughs> just swells up and you're uh, like side oh my God. <laughs> and then you have harley quinn jumping in the eye and sort of like chilling in there which is which is fine and then yeah yeah, just chilling and swimming and then you find out that like the rats get in there and and essentially kill the eye and kill star from the inside like fantastic and then as regards to um peacemaker still being alive um i kind of knew that already because of the news of him having the spinoff um i am bummed that flag died because flag was essentially like just the dude to like oversee everything and he also was trying to help as well he wasn't necessarily like a villain or a sous squider whatever you want to call it um and he seemed like a good glue uh, glue for the team you know like he seemed someone that was able to um be a leader and orchestrate certain aspects of the squad and i was really sad he died because he was a pretty good character even even though he's so normal i was like very much rooting for him to survive um (laughs) Also, I, just, I guess because I don't like Peacemaker of how, like, patriotic he is and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> and I hope there's some sort of, like, turn of him of, like, realizing that, like, his b- blind patriotism is what, like, almost got him killed, got, like, his homies killed. Um, and it, it and not to mention, like, when he was killing Flag and killing these people or, like, attacking these people, you kind of saw that he is, his emotions were getting in. Like, when mm-hmm. he was killing Flag, and again, a fantastic line from Flag, he's like, peacemaker what a joke and like dies over i was like fuck that's dope but also you sort of see peacemaker's eyes like kind of like realize what he's doing and who is he actually fighting for um so i hope he sort of turns that leaf because i don't i don't think anyone would want to watch him (laughs) in any capacity if he's just overly (laughs) patriotic and blindly patriotic you know um but yeah with that i just i don't know that with that scene and what happens like it was something again that I didn't expect to see flag dying and pulling at my heartstrings of like, damn, I really want him to live. I didn't know he's going to die. And then you have polka dot who also dies out of nowhere, which I kind of expected, Yeah, but not, not like, not like that. <laughs> not like, yeah, not like that. And I also thought like he may have been like a, a, a surviving force. Um, so I guess with that, how do you feel about the future of suicide squad? Would you like to see more movies? Um, do you want any expa- expansions or, or backstory of any of the characters? And I guess, like, if since, like, a couple of them died, do you think they're going to add more people to the pe- more members to the to the squad? Or, like, what do you think is going to happen with, with that scenario? Um, yeah, I would definitely like to see more. Um, and I don't, yeah, like, just because of how, like, unconventional this movie is and just the way like it 
it it is like basically a retcon of another movie like i'm not even sure what a sequel would look like for this movie or i don't know if it would be sort of like um the suicide squad plus birds of prey or something like that like a combo situation of teams i don't know what the future of dc looks like because at this point i think they're interesting to watch because they have no plan B are doing anything so i'm kind of like yeah let's let's see what the hell y'all are gonna do next because it's they're not following conventional norms you know like which was set by like you know the marvel universe which i feel like a lot of people are a little tired of just because every single other franchise followed suit in forming a universe um so yeah i think dc's in a very interesting place right now um where the quality of their movies are getting better but they still have no plans so that's fun (laughs) you know like um in terms of an expansion on the characters uh we already you know we're already getting one with john cena's peacemaker um yeah i think that will be an interesting like thing to experience i'm not even sure how that's gonna end up it's definitely reminds me of you know like uh marvel's you know tv shows they're releasing on disney plus i think dc is looking like they're trying to do that similar thing but on hbo max um so yeah i hope peacemaker will be more interesting like he's not obviously like just undying patriotism um and i think that part that you described where you know like that you saw like that thing in his eyes where he was sort of like breaking like you know characters ethics i think that was great acting on john cena's part which i never thought i'd say so i was like oh okay he has some he's got some dramatic like acting in him that's pretty good because i saw it too i was like oh shit it's a little more complicated than that um so yeah and like just a also very interesting conversation we could have if you would like it to like just compare peacemaker with captain america because their moral codes are like very similar where they are very like patriotic will do anything for their country have a similar like thing but with peacemaker he will literally murder men women and children (laughs) no matter how many men women and children he will murder to get peace um versus captain america who obviously like you know betrayed his own country in civil war and like did the right thing um so yeah i think the future of dc overall is interesting will be probably fun hopefully um but yeah what do you think <laughs> is there any character that um you want to see have a backstory like is it, or do you just like want to see what happens next in general i feel like i or don't do you know think, like none of them has like that that sustenance to have a film by itself i think that's where I'm thinking as well. Like, I don't know if any of those characters could have a movie on its own because I don't know if it would be essentially entertaining or interesting, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, I... Are are you, like, choosing from this movie, The Suicide Squad, out of all the characters, who would I want to see a backstory from kind of thing? I mean, any of of the characters in the film, do you think any of it has potential to be, to have a movie, or do you want to see any movies with them? I think, of course... Ratcatcher 2 just because I think 
she had like the most emotional like backstory but I also think we got the backstory so I'm like do we need any more I kind of want to see where she goes from here tbh um I I kind of wish the polka dot guy lived just because that would have been interesting to see like his backstory it probably would have been really sad but it would have been cool to see his like you know other brothers and sisters who were also experimented on kind of thing um and see how that panned out and see if maybe like there's a future with his siblings i don't know there's someone out there some he's not polka dots it's like some stripes or something i don't know like i don't know what it is (laughs) Um, stripes right angles triangle man (laughs) just shapes (laughs) terrifying i actually think polka dot would have an interesting movie just because how mysterious he's in in this film like you kind of don't even have a full-blown backstory he'd be the most interesting i think I'm totally forgetting Idris Elba. Like, he would be totally interesting. He was so good. Like, with his daughter, I'd totally watch a show with him. Like, him oh, trying okay, to be a dad. Okay. Like, he's like... <laughs> him trying to be a dad. <laughs> he's like the worst dad, but he's still trying, you know? Um, I think that'd be really fun. Actually, I... Yeah, that's my number one request now. I want a TV show of Idris Elba trying to be a single dad but also a mercenary killer, you know, that'd be cool. I mean, it could also just be like a movie of like, kind of like a taken scenario of like someone stealing his daughter, <laughs> him having to go through, the, him having to go through all these enemies and stuff like that, kill them and get her back. Um, but yeah, as talking, speaking of Idris Elba, he did, he was fantastic in this movie. Great character as well. I like, I'm glad that he's still alive and I'm glad that he seems to be like the leader of the, the squad. Um, as for me, I would love to see a future Suicide Squad film. This was fantastic. Like, I love it so much. Um, and I love I love the upward direction that DC's going. Um, and like you said, it's just funny to see what they're going to do next because they don't have a plan they, uh, for at least from what we see. There isn't some sort of, like, secret timeline that's happening or anything. Um, and like you said, like, yeah, a lot of people are getting tired of this, of, like, it always alluding to, like another universe alluding to another movie just because like at this point now it feels very money grabby even if yeah. it comes out the marvel camp or if it comes out some other camp it's just like yeah i guess we're getting a sequel to this or like yeah i guess we're getting a tv show um it's just something like well i'm not as excited as you think i'm going to be you know like it is after credits oh my god after credit scene but it's not as exciting <laughs> oh as it god. was before yeah it's very much like a streamlined thing um but as for any of the characters having more backstory, um, I don't know. I think uh, it's good to have these to have it bunched up like this. Like I think I think I did a really good job um, of like explaining Ratcatcher, Bloodsport, and then things like that having its own film or having it all in one film. And then like in future films, obviously they could have a backstory in that. Um, as as but from my eyes, like there's no one that's inherently that interesting to have a, a backstory or, or tone movies. Um, I mean, it is Alba's character maybe. Um, obviously, Harley Quinn already had hers, um, and I guess like I said, Polka Dot would would sound fun. Um, Ratcatcher is like again could be lumped up into another like group setting, kind of like the how the Hulk is. Like you'd never really have any backstory with the Hulk or Hawkeye for that matter until you see like the group movies and like the little story that it puts in that movie. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's anything that like I'd want to ha- like see as regards to those people. Um, 
Except for Harley Quinn. I love Harley Quinn. Birds of Prey is like one of my favorite DC films ever. So I'd love to see more of that. Um, and I guess saying that, um, like we said earlier, we're going to have a DC ranking of the movies. <laughs> is there a list that you have in mind? I know there's so many movies that you want to put on the top spot. Um, so many. <laughs> but what's your, what's your ranking? Like, what's your list? Tell me wow. the secret. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Um, okay. So what are we doing? Like, top three or, like, you know, let's do top three. There's only three. Like, top three, top... Yeah, there's only, like, maybe three or four movies top that are actually good. Whatever. Like, for, like, instance, obviously, like, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, the original Justice League. Uh, I think they made their own Batman, too. I don't remember. Um, all those movies are obviously on the bottom. I don't think we need to rank that <laughs> if we don't like them at all. So, obviously, those movies are towards the bottom. Okay, so... I'm going to just say in no particular order because I can't think of the order too hard right now. Um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Okay. Wonder Woman has a special okay. place in my heart just because right. that was one of the first. That was like pretty the good. turning point. I, yeah, that I was, was like, the turning point. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, Birds of Prey, of course. And this movie. <laughs> You don't like Shazam? Shazam's not up there? I actually didn't see Shazam or like Venom. I haven't seen like oh, the one-offs. I actually don't know. I was going to correct you, but I totally forgot. I don't know if the Venom is actually in DC. I think it's in Warner Brothers. Oh, it is. it's yeah, like cause, a weird... Because Venom is a Marvel character, but he's in the WB camp. He's not got DC. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. So, yeah. I was, I was meaning to correct you. I totally forgot until right now. No, yeah, um, thanks for... It just... It's weird. It's just a, in a weird place and also a weird movie. <laughs> like... Yeah, 100%. Because it's like... It's in the... It's in W... Warner Brothers, right? And then like... It's so. not really Marvel, but it's a Marvel property. Like, it's one of those things of like how Sam Raimi Spider-Man came to be and like yeah. how like that whole debacle. Um, but yeah, I, good list. Good... You really, Thank you. Really good, good. There's a, such a catalog for you to pick from and you did mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. great job in <laughs> concising it. Wow, I'm so yeah. impressed with that. Thank you. Mom. I can't wait to hear yeah. yours. I feel like they're oh. the exact same, but... <laughs> oh, mine. Um, <laughs> uh, the only thing is... I, I'll put it in number order just because I'm not a scaredy cat to put my movies in a list Wasn't over there. fear yeah. holding me back? <laughs> <laughs> um, the only problem I have is like, which I want to put in the top spot, Suicide Squad or Harley Quinn. I have a big problem with that. Um, I guess I'll put this movie, Suicide, The Suicide Squad on top just because this is really good. Really, really good. Yeah. Harley Quinn. Uh, probably Shazam because Shazam is actually decent as regards to being a DC film. And then the Zack Snyder cut and um all the other films could go to the fucking bottom because you saw <laughs> just kidding <laughs> the fucking bottom fucking oh bottom boo get out of here <laughs> but yeah i think true, that's though. uh that's my top four of you know dc films um i honestly i love this film a lot and it does deserve my top spot for dc films um and even with superhero films i wouldn't be scared to put this towards the top as well um but with that this has been our episode on the suicide squad the retcon the remake of the original fantastic improvement james gunn i hope you're here with dc for a little longer i don't know how your contract says you were filed from marvel but now you're back at marvel i don't know i'm confused as well um but hopefully 
DC, WB, wises up, gets better directors, lets their directors do what they want, let them have creative freedom for once, and hopefully we don't have any more terrible debacles like the regular Justice League, like Man versus Super or Spider-Man, Superman versus Batman, <laughs> it's fine, Man of Steel, all those, I know, all these freaking terrible films. Like I hope it. Um, this is a change for DC. I have hope for DC. I'm actually rooting for you guys. I I'm actually a Marvel fan, but like I'm rooting for DC. Um, I hope you guys do better. You guys are on the up and up. Um, and yeah, let's hope for uh, better movies in the future. I guess. <laughs> but with that. My name is Josh Landicho, and you can follow me on Instagram at the Space Wolf. And I'm Carmel, and you can follow me at CatMelo. And you can follow Watch With Sound on Instagram at Watch With Sound, along with listening to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, and Anchor. And if any of those apps have the option to like, comment, subscribe, that would help us out a lot. Even on Instagram, your likes and comments are appreciated as well. Um, along with that, we have a little program on Anchor called Listener Supporter, which lets you subscribe at any dollar amount, only if you're able to, obviously, but that would help us out a lot as well. Um, but with that, thank you all for listening, everybody, and keep on watching, watching. for Peacemaker. These have been pretty bad lately. I don't know what I could say. <laughs> I feel like this is really bad. I, I'm like trying to think of a sound you can make. Like I honestly don't know. Well, we try to usually go like. Bah! Bah! Oh, I do, I do, I do. But I think I like saying something at the end. But anyways, you're right, you're right. We try. <laughs> we try. And just recently joining our group from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Bob Wooten. <laughs>